Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Wednesday show. It's episode 271. We've got a great guest. Unfortunately, my co-host, Kim, couldn't make it, but she'll be hosting the show next week. So you'll have her company next week, folks. But we've got a great guest. We've got Jason Rogelius. I've just butchered his surname. I apologize. (laughs) Jason, would you like to introduce yourself quickly to the audience? Sure. Yeah. Thanks, Jonathan. Um, So I'm Jason Rodriguez. I am a community evangelist for Litmus. Uh, Litmus is a software company. We work on building software tools for email marketers, email designers, so that they create and send better emails for everybody. Um, outside of that, I you know think about email pretty much all day, every day, uh, which sounds a little bit weird. A lot of people don't do that, but that's definitely me. Um, I've written a couple of books on email design and coding, uh, speak at different conferences across the industry around the world, um, and just kind of generally try to educate people more about the web and email. Yeah, you do a great job with that, Jason. Thanks. Um, before we go into the interview, I just want to mention our major sponsor, which is Kinsta Hosting. And um, WP Tonic's own website is hosted on Kinsta. They're a great WordPress-only focused hosting company. We've been with them for now a couple of months. Um, been totally happy with their service and the support has just been fantastic. And they're just great people in general. Um, know a couple of them personally, really like them. And I would highly um, suggest that you should use them as well. Um, you'll find links on the WP Tonic website. They are affiliate links. So you'll be helping the show if you book um, your hosting through Kinsta or your clients. And like I say, we've been totally happy with them. On to the show. On to the show. So. You wrote a little post, which we actually discussed on our roundtable show last week. Oh, nice. Um, We had a bit of discussion about it. Um, And the title's on AMP for email. Would you like to give a quick synopsis of the post and uh, maybe dive into it a bit? Yeah, definitely. Um, So for anybody that's not familiar with AMP or AMP, um, that's Accelerated Mobile Pages. Uh, which is an initiative that Google launched a little while back uh, with the intention of improving the mobile web for everybody. Um, So the idea is that using AMP, which is kind of a more restricted version of HTML uh, and JavaScript, uh, that you could serve faster pages for mobile browsers, uh, which is good because everybody knows, you know, um, the mobile web is a little bit tricky. It has data constraints as slower loading times, all that stuff. So AMP was kind of created to address that issue. Um, but one of the problems with AMP is that it's almost entirely controlled by Google and they use it to do some interesting things. It's, it definitely you know works well for that goal of speeding up pages for the most part. Um, but they also use it to uh, kind of promote pages using AMP higher in their search results, in that search carousel on the Google search page. Um, so it's kind of this like carrot and stick for developers to get people sucked into using AMP, which is controlled by Google, you know, is very tightly coupled with Google search engine. Um, so 
there's been a kind of a mixed bag of reactions across the web world, the development world, uh, the publishing world on AMP. And one of the biggest things recently is they announced that they're using AMP for email now. Um, so they open up a developer preview inside of Gmail uh, where developers can take advantage of some of these AMP features inside of emails, inside of the inbox to provide things like interactivity inside of email. So they had a couple of examples that they published on their blog post. Um, I think there was Pinterest that was showing uh, a Pinterest board where you could save different pins to your actual board. You could categorize them directly inside of Gmail, which was pretty cool. Um, the one I really liked was, I think it was booking.com that had a list of hotels that you could refresh inside of Gmail. Uh, so if you were looking for hotels or you know flights or something like that, then you could get these dynamic results right inside of the inbox. So the AMP for email project is all about adding these interactive elements inside of email. Um, so that was announced, uh, God, I want to say a week or two ago. And so there's been a lot of reaction from the email world, from the web development world uh, about this AMP for email project. Um, so my post is kind of going over my personal reaction to that. Uh, and my personal reaction is really, you know, I, I like that Gmail and Google, the team is working on adding interactivity to email. Uh, but I am not a fan of the way that they're doing it with AMP um, because it kind of goes against the grain of the web. Uh, it's taking HTML and stripping it down and using this very proprietary version of it, uh, which is something that email world and the web world, I think, doesn't really need because we have HTML, we have CSS. Um, so adding a third language on top of that that people have to learn and then maintain and support going forward it uh, causes a lot of issues, a lot of maintenance issues, a lot of work that people need to start doing. Um, but the in, in the email world specifically, there's definitely some hurdles for this AMP for email project getting off the ground. And that's the fact that this requires a third MIME type uh, for developers to start supporting. So if you're sending an email marketing campaign, there's two versions that you're typically sending. You're sending the HTML version, and then you're sending the plain text version. So your email program will take that and display whatever you've requested to, to see for those emails. Um, but for the AMP for email project, adds a third version, which is that AMP-specific version. So it uses its proprietary code. Um, you're creating this third version that you, you then have to figure out how to send. Um, so right now, no email service providers, those companies that you use to send these email marketing campaigns, support that third version. Um, so that's that's a huge hurdle to actually getting those emails out the door. Um, so that's one one big thing I, I really think is going to, you know, kind of stop this from taking off. Um, the other thing is it's, you know, it's just kind of, yeah, it goes against the kind of ethos of the web and this open source community. Um, people using HTML and CSS, these well-supported web standards to create these things. Um, and while AMP, the project is open source and people can contribute to it. It's very much controlled by Google and it's kind of built to serve their interests, which I think is definitely a dangerous game to play as well. Um, so there's definitely a lot that goes into it. There's arguments for and against it. Um, but I'm definitely right now, as it stands kind of in the camp of being against this AMP project, especially in relation to the email world. That was a great synopsis. Thank you so much, Jason. Um, I can tell you're a true expert on this. That was fantastic. <laughs> um, like yourself, I, I'm so kind of torn between the two. I, I was quite vigorous in my criticism of Google on the Friday show where we discussed your post. Mm -hmm. um, 
But on reflection, it, you're a bit torn because, you know, the actual functionality is cool in some ways. Yeah. But, but it comes with such a high price, doesn't it? Yep. yep. That's, that's the problem. And you just can't deal with it, really, because the price yeah. is too high, they're asking. Have you got any thoughts of why Google... Are, is it just a commercial play? Or is there other reasons why they've invested and seem to be really, um, I was going to use the word dedicated or driven to keep this going and expand Mm. it really? Yeah, I I definitely think, especially in the case for email, it's very much a commercial play um, because we've had in the email world, people have been building interactive emails similar to the ones that they showcase in the Gmail blog post for years at this point, using things like HTML and CSS. Nothing special. Um, It's definitely like a hacky thing and technique to implement. Um, But we've done a lot of interactive emails over the years. Uh, In the case of Litmus, who I work for, we've done... We do a yearly conference and we do announcement emails for that. So we always do an interactive email for that announcement. Um, so we've had things like a live dynamic Twitter feed in an email. We've ha- always have this fun kind of Willy Wonka golden ticket hunt inside of the email itself. Um, people like there's a company called Rebel that does uh, a full checkout experience inside of email. Uh, so you can view products, you can select uh, the different you know specifications for your product, and you can start that checkout process right in your inbox. So we've had interactive features just using plain HTML and CSS for years at this point. Um, but Google, instead of supporting and you know investing in those techniques and doing better support for HTML and CSS, they're opting to use their own proprietary version of HTML, which is AMP. Um, so I, I definitely think it's cool that they're going to add that interactivity to Gmail, but I wish they would have done it with these web standards that we've all been using, which we use for every other email client out there. Um, It definitely seems very commercial because they're kind of tying you into that AMP language. And I think some of the thinking around it too is the people that are building these emails are the ones building websites as well. Um, So if you get them familiar and hooked on AMP, then they're going to start using it on the web as well. So it just kind of feeds into itself. And I feel like there's... There's, if there's one thing that this project has shown is that it's, it's almost solely for Google's benefits because those AMP pages are, you know, hosted through their servers on their cache. Um, it feeds into the SEO and the search results on Google's pages. And they have a lot of publishers getting really invested in using that AMP project, but they don't do anything for people just using H, plain HTML and CSS and JavaScript. Um, so one of the stated goals is, you know, that they want the web to be faster, the mobile web especially, to be faster. But they don't do anything special for pages that don't use AMP but still perform better than those AMP pages themselves. Um, so it seems very much that it's, it's tied to their commercial interests and their goals of, you know, kind of owning as much of the web as they possibly can, which they own a hell of a lot of it. And so it's, it's a little bit scary that they're pushing something like this and not really supporting people using web standards and still performing up to you know, their threshold of whatever it might be for those fast load times for pages. Yes, you put it so well. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, it's also, you know, our podcast, we get people from various, it it has an emphasis on learning management systems and Mm -hmm. membership, but 
also emphasis on WordPress. But we get various people, experts like yourself. And what also has been disturbing is that WordPress has also kind of linked their um, selves to this to this system as well, yep. um, which to me seems totally against the print, the stated public principles of WordPress. Yeah. Um, and it, it really, a lot of eyes widened when that news was mm-hmm. distributed around the WordPress community. And um, we're waiting to see <laughs> where that goes. Yeah, it's definitely weird because, yeah, WordPress has always been about, you know, the open source world and Automatic's done so much to invest in that open source world and sharing of information and stuff. So... I, I get why they're doing it because there's other CMSs that have supported AMP and it's, you know, publishers want to use AMP because they do get thrown up into the top of those search results and in that stories carousel on the Google page. Um, so I understand why they're doing it, but it does feel at odds with, you know, the WordPress kind of ethos of being open and sharing code and, you know, using web standards. And I think the same thing's applicable to email too. Um, so it's def- definitely a weird spot, and I know mm-hmm. there's been a lot of reactions, both in the WordPress community and just the web community overall, about how how people don't like this AMP project, even though it seems to be kind of slowly eating the world at this point. Um, so it's it's definitely weird. There was actually a, I think it's ampletter.org might be the URL, but this AMP letter, which is kind of a open letter to Google for changing how they think about AMP. Um, so it's been signed by hundreds, if not thousands of people, of individual developers, as well as some pretty large companies as well, um, essentially saying, you know, they don't support this vision for AMP, that Google should essentially change two things. One, it should look at HTML and CSS and those page load times, and it should recognize when people are doing good work without using AMP, and it should, uh, you know, celebrate those in the search results so that they get better placement as well. Um, and then the other thing is stop supporting or promoting those ampling pages in that stories carousel so that it's more even weighting. Um, so there's been a huge backlash against AMP throughout the world. And I'm curious to see if that, you know, changes anything in Google's mind or if they keep pursuing this um, the way they are. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird, weird uh, place to you, be. Um, you would have think Google would expound to in the end, you know, um, but it's not necessary because obviously their delving social media didn't really pan out the way yeah. it was going to pan out. So it does, and there's been other projects which they've pursued and then they've mm-hmm. just given up on it, haven't they? Yep. So um, I hope that will be truthful about it. Um, yeah, I feel like that's that's going to be the case for AMP for email specifically um, because of those reasons we talked about earlier. You know, it's that third mime type, that third version you have to build. Nobody supports sending that right now. Um, so that's like a huge knock against it. It's only specific to Gmail. So other email clients like Yahoo Mail or Outlook or anything like that they're not going to see any benefits from this. So they're not going to support those features. Um, and so I feel like it's, it feels very much like if you remember Gmail had, it was grid view for a long time. That was in this like developer preview that made this kind of interest style view of your inbox. That was a similar project that never really got off the ground. People had access to it, but then they just killed it, you know, 
what, a year or two later. So I feel like that's what this is going to be. But that being said, the AMP, as much as we kind of rail against AMP on the web and uh, developers talk about, you know, how bad it is for the web, publishers absolutely love it because they do get those SEO benefits. So, you know, maybe this is all just, you know, where we're complaining, but nothing's going to happen and it'll stick around and we're all just going to have to bite the bullet and start supporting it regardless of our kind of ethical feelings about it. Um, so we'll definitely see. It's, um, yeah. I think we're going to go for our break, folks. We're sure. going to get on to some really more, I was going to say more interesting, but uh, um, that's not the right way to put it, but more happiness, more happy kind of thing <laughs> uh, we're going to discuss when we come back, folks. We'll see you in a few moments. Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no question asked, 30 day money back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com just like the podcast we've had a great discussion with Jason um, discussing Google the Death Star as I call it (laughs) (laughs) good good description (laughs) let's go on to something more bright and lips and and your involvement with them can you just um, explain what the company does and your role with it Sure. Yeah. So Litmus is all about, um, you know, we build a software platform for email marketers and designers. Um, So most companies are using email to, you know, drive engagement, to drive sales, um, to really just keep in touch with their customers, with their subscribers. Uh, But a lot of companies aren't necessarily doing that well because there's lots of weird things that go wrong in the world of email. Um, you know, there's dozens and hundreds of different email clients like Outlook, uh, Gmail, Yahoo, uh, all these mobile apps and stuff that all display these emails differently. Um, so a large part of our tool is allowing email marketers to see how their emails are going to be displayed in those different email clients. Um, so they can make sure that their email isn't broken, things don't look weird, subscribers get that full good experience that they want. Um, But on top of that, we have a lot of tools for kind of tracking your emails, getting those more advanced analytics than your email service provider who you use to send your email campaigns typically provides. Um, So we have ways to look at, you know, how long people have your emails open, uh, where in the world they're opening them, um, if they're printing those emails, you know, how many times they open, what email clients they're using to view your emails in, um, all that kind of stuff that you can use that data to, you know, improve your email campaigns over time. Um, And then we also have a bunch of tools to help people actually design and code their emails a lot better too. Um, So we have a tool called Litmus Builder that is an online code editor that's specific for email design. Um, So it's integrated uh, with our instant previews that allows you to, you know, make a change in your code and your design and then instantly see how that renders across all these different email clients and make sure nothing's broken, uh, all your features work, all that good stuff. Um, So it's very much this platform for, you know, we kind of talk about internally as this email creative platform. Um, So it gives people the tools they need to just design, code, test, uh, and track better email campaigns than they typically have outside of that system. Um, So I've been involved with Lemis for 
um, almost at five years now. So I came in to help build uh, a product we have called Litmus Community. That's this free online, essentially a forum and set of resources for people in the email world. Um, so the main bulk of it's these discussions. So there's thousands of different discussions about all kinds of different email topics. So you can go on there and look for if you're you know, facing a problem, uh, you can search pretty easily and find somebody else that's run into that problem, the solutions for those problems. Um, on top of that, it has a bunch of you know code snippets you can use in your own, e- own email campaigns. We have uh, free HTML email templates that you can download and use for your own company or your personal projects. Um, there's a job board as well. So if you're in the email industry looking for a new gig, then it's all inside the Limits community. Um, so it's grown to this huge, we have, you know, thousands and thousands of marketers and developers in there every day that are talking about email, talking about how to improve their campaigns, all that good stuff. Um, so I was brought on to help launch that. So I, I've been kind of, that's been my baby within Litmus. And I've been, you know, very much focused on growing that community, improving those tools for the community, getting better resources to them. Um, So for me, very much my role is about kind of shepherding that community and growing that community, but then really about just educating people about email, email marketing and email design development. Um, so there's a lot of, you know, bad practices out there, people sending really bad email campaigns. Uh, so my, my job is essentially to talk to those people, build resources for them and educate them about, you know, improving their own email campaigns, both from like a strategy perspective, as well as like a design and development perspective, um, so that they're really creating much better experiences for their subscribers. Um, so there's a lot that goes into it. It's a lot of, you know, uh, kind of half product management with the community stuff, uh, the product side, but then also very much kind of a marketing type role, uh, doing a lot of writing for the Lemus blog, uh, talking at our conferences, talking at different events within the industry and running workshops, stuff like that. So I can, it's, it's really all about just educating people about email and using our tools and other tools to send better ones. That's fascinating. You know, as you were saying this, you know, you, what you're doing with your company um, is what a lot of um, companies should be doing is that I think it's linked to a learning management system is you're providing extra value not only in the quality of your of your products but also in, in a way education aren't you in mm-hmm. a way aren't you you are yeah. an educational resource aren't you absolutely yeah and we've done that for years before i even joined the company um litmus was one of those early companies in the email world that was very much about sharing as much as we possibly could, um, typically through blog posts, but then once the community came around, through the community itself, through all the resources that we provide. Um, But that's always been one of our goals is to share as much information, educate people as much as possible about email because we found, you know, that it it benefits everybody. It benefits the subscribers, most importantly, because they get better emails. Um, It benefits us as a company because the more we educate people about emails, the more likely they are to, you know, want to send better emails. So they'll start using our tools. Uh, and it benefits the people building emails because it makes their jobs a lot easier. Um, So I really like that. I, I love when companies do things like that. They use their their knowledge and share it with the world to improve everybody's lives. And it's good when they do it for free and <laughs> release a lot of those resources um, as openly as possible, which is kind of like the WordPress thing. You know, it's a huge community, uh, a lot of people sharing their knowledge with everybody else and it benefits the entire industry, which is awesome. Uh, am I correct? You know, by looking over the company's website, you're, you are aimed at, 
at the kind of higher marketeer professional level would that be uh, correct wording Um, it's no i i I don't think so um i mean i definitely think we speak to a lot of higher-end marketers larger teams uh enterprise level customers but a lot of our customer base is actually uh you know either freelance or like smaller teams and people that are developer focus. They're the ones that typically use our core product, which is that email previews. Mm. Um, So we do have a ton of people that are either working on their own or working in very small teams that rely on our tools to, you know, test their email campaigns, track those email campaigns and improve them going forward. So it's definitely a mix. Um, We, we have, you know, a kind of a basic plan that's geared towards those people that are more about, you know, checking their emails, using Builder, using previews. And then we go up from there into, you know, our plus and pro plans that are aimed at larger teams, and then all the way up to enterprise level accounts as well. So it kind of hits on everybody, but our our kind of core uh, audience has always been, you know, those kind of individual developers that are in the weeds and working on email day in and day out, as opposed to higher level, you know, like VP of marketing or something like that, that are running those teams themselves. Right. Um, there seems to be a lot going on in, I had to word this, in email, but it's more about respond, dividing your lists and having systems that can automatically respond to different sure. pathways. Example, Drip, um, mm-hmm. Active Campaign. Um, there's, a, there's a number of new breed kind of email delivery Yep. kind of companies um do you see that that road that they're going down increasing um and what's your overall was you, did you expect this to happen that these new type of email providers would come on the scene yeah i definitely think it's going to be that kind of mentality of doing more dynamic emails and more personalized emails and uh, emails that are sent at specific kind of points in that customer journey is going to be increasing. Um, we are coming from a world in email where for a long time and still for a lot of companies, people kind of take that batch and blast mentality where they just have a list and they send one email out to everybody and hope that it resonates with that entire list. Um, while that kind of technique has worked in the past, our tools are getting a lot more advanced. We have a lot more data. We have better ways to hook into that customer journey and its different points um, and use email in those different contexts. So I love when companies are creating tools to do that to make it easier for everybody to do that because it typically works a lot better for the company and the customer. Um, so the company is you know, providing value at very specific points for the customer um, and they can tailor that content. They can you know, feed dynamic copy based on different actions. They can even in more advanced cases, send completely different designed emails that are kind of dynamically generated using those systems. So anytime you can do that, then, you know, you're far more likely to really be able to talk to the customer when they need to be talked to and provide the content that they need at that specific time. Um, So I definitely think that that trend's going to be increasing and I think it's better for everybody in the long run. Um, it typically, typically requires like a little bit different skill set than a lot of email marketers have um, because you do need to understand data better. You need to understand those customer life cycles. You need to 
understand the business. A lot of times you need to understand more of the development process, how those systems work, how they tie into your own applications, how APIs work, stuff like that. Um, but once you kind of gain those skills and understand them a lot better, then you know you can create these really interesting email programs that are hugely influential and can really drive your business and create a lot of value for subscribers, which is awesome. Oh, that's great, Jason. I think we're going to wrap up the um, podcast podcast part of the show, folks. I stumbled there. Uh, um, um, But we're going to be continuing the um, interview with Jason, which you can view on the WP Tonic website. Um, with a full set of show notes, actually, folks, with the links to everything we've discussed. Um, Jason, it's been a pleasure so far. I think we've covered, and hopefully in the bonus content, we'll cover some other topics. I think sure. I feel we've only scratched vids. It's amazing how time goes. <laughs> um, how can people find out more about you, your services, and what basically what you're up to? Sure. Um, so the best place for me personally is probably my website, which is rodriguez.com. Uh, comma is spelled out. I always thought that was a funny URL and it's kind of become my online handle since then. Uh, I have my own newsletter. So if you want to subscribe and kind of keep up with me there, that's awesome. Um, I'm at rodriguez.com.j on Twitter. Uh, and then for Litmus, definitely check out litmus.com. Uh, litmus.com slash community is the community that we were talking about. Uh, it's free to join. You can learn all kinds of stuff about email, design, marketing, coding, all that stuff. Um, and then I'd be remiss if I didn't mention I released my most recent book about email design and marketing back in November. Um, so you can right. check that out. It's thebetter.email slash design. Um, so it's a full, you know, 225 page book. Uh, there's over six hours of video lessons uh, if you want to learn more about marketing and specifically design and development for email. Um, definitely check that out. Uh, but yeah, just hit me up on Twitter, website, or litmus.com, and I would love to chat. And Jason's very approachable, aren't you? Uh, um, yeah, I hope uh, so, yeah. Yeah, you are. Uh, Rob, it's much appreciated, Jason. So yeah, um, before we wrap it up, um, if you want to get hold of us at WP Tonic, it's really easy. Go to the WP Tonic website. Um, go to our Facebook page as well. All the videos are on there, and I'll be adding some more content. Um, if you really want to support the show, um Twitter to um, Kinster or buy one of their packages. Um, they're, like I say, a great hosting company. And uh, if you're very generous, give us a review on iTunes, good, bad, or indifferent. They, um, I always check them and I periodically read out our latest reviews and it really does help the show, folks. Thank you for listening. It's been, um, we'll be back next week with somebody doing something online. That's interesting. We'll see you next week, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening to WP Tonic, the podcast that gives you a spoonful of WordPress medicine twice a week.